Welcome to OECD Podcast, where policy meets people. How, where, and for how long we work is changing rapidly, bringing opportunities, but also challenges. For example, the average length of time a person holds a job has dropped by nine months over the past decade, and one in five workers now changes jobs every year. Retaining talent of all ages has become one of the most important issues facing employers today. I'm Kate Lancaster, and you are listening to OECD Podcasts. Today we're talking about how older workers, people aged 55 to 64, are faring in this changing environment. What needs to be done to ensure that everyone's talents and skills are put to best use? And how can we build an effective, multi-generational workforce? To help explore these issues, I'm joined by Shruti Singh, a senior economist at the OECD, and by Lana Choi Alam, a senior research advisor at the AARP, the United States' largest nonprofit dedicated to improving the lives of older people and their families. Lana, Shruti, welcome. Shruti, I'd like to begin by asking you to walk us through the numbers on older workers and their job changes. How are they faring and how do they compare to younger workers? Indeed, Kate, our report shows that workers across the OECD are changing jobs at a fast pace and sometimes at the highest rate we've seen in recent decades. We also find that older workers are much less likely to change jobs compared to their younger counterparts, but more likely to leave the labor market or become inactive. By inactive, I mean that uh, these are individuals that are not employed and not looking for a job. Essentially, this means that job mobility for older workers often ends up leaving the labor market and not not reaping the benefits of what job changes can can bring. So not leaving a job for another job that pays better or is more challenging, just leaving work entirely. Absolutely. And on, on top of that, people, older workers that have left the job are much less likely to find a new one. And if they do find a new one, they're much more susceptible to have large wage cuts, uh, or perhaps end up in jobs that are poor quality. That's really striking. Do we know why older workers are leaving? Of course, um, some of the job-to-job mobility we've experienced in recent years, um, and even before the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, is partly explained by the strong um, labor demand um, in the aftermath of the pandemic, um, which has played a big role in people looking for better job opportunities. But there's also a big mismatch we see between workers' expectations and um, their working conditions, um, which have played a major role in the increase of the job mobility. Now, for older workers, they equally value um, getting paid well and making sure that their skills are being recognized and that they're and they're being valued. However, for them, they often also frequently cited health problems and difficulties in caregiving as the reasons why they left the job for retirement. So sort of the sandwich generation, they're still looking after children, perhaps, they're definitely looking after older relatives, and all of that adds to the pressure of the workplace. That's right. Lana, I'd like to turn to you now. I know that AARP does substantial research on how employees feel about different aspects of their work. Could you tell us about your recent findings on older workers and job changes? Sure. Last year, we fielded a global employee survey among workers ages 25 and older in 12 countries in North America, South America, 
Northern Western Europe, Southern Europe, and the East Asia Pacific region. It showed that workplace flexibility and work-life balance are major contributors to job satisfaction among older workers. To illustrate that, over three in five workers say they are satisfied or extremely satisfied with their job, and that satisfaction increases to over three in four older workers who say they have flexibility in their job and for those whose job allows them to maintain a good work-life balance. And we see similar findings across regions. Job satisfaction is highest among older workers who have good work-life balance in South America, in North America, and Northern Western Europe. These changing expectations around work have led workers to make job changes that have had a positive impact on work-life balance. We also found that workplace environment contributes to job satisfaction. Older workers who work in a multi-generational work environment are more likely to be satisfied with their job than the total population of older workers. And we found the same with younger workers. Flexibility, work-life balance, a multi-generational workplace. So I'm hearing that these are things that both older and younger workers value and which may drive their job change choices. But Shruti, you were saying earlier that it's often difficult for older workers to find a new job, that they more often end up leaving the workforce? There's a lot of evidence from the OECD and other research that shows that older people, when losing a job you know, at the age of 50 or 55, it's absolutely impossible to get them back to the labor market. And that's partly because um, there are huge amount of um, age discrimination and stereotypes. But also it's often related to the fact that um, employees often under in, under invest in their skills and training, which makes it difficult uh, for some older workers to find a new job. They don't have the right skills that the labor market's now looking for. That's right. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg because we need to make sure that we invest in um, workers' um, skills and make sure that we give them the right sort of training to maintain their current jobs, but also transition to new jobs. But at the same time, there's a fear that older people will leave the labor market early on. So a lot of employers don't end up investing in their skills and training, which means that when they do lose a job, they're not able to find a new one. Well, I can understand people wanting to leave jobs that are unrewarding, whether in terms of wages or purpose. And, and I can also, when I think about it, really understand why people leave a job for health reasons or family reasons. So why don't we just accept that? Why is it important to keep older workers on the job? That's a very good point, Kate. Uh, but let me be clear that job mobility, as you say, is a natural phenomenon in the labor market. Uh, for employers, it's a source of uh, productivity growth. And for workers, it means better wages and um, career progression. However, we're talking here about high or unwanted um, or excessive turnover, which can have serious consequences on employers, governments, and workers. So for business, it can um, lead to higher staff costs in terms of recruiting more staff, et cetera. But also it's vital to help companies to retain older staff when they can continue to work to help them address challenges related to population aging. We know that population aging is going to limit the, the, the new talent into the labor market, the inflow of new talent into for, for employers. Therefore, employers really must do more to retain the talent of older workers. And what about the economic cost of such turnover? 
Well, all of this has major consequences. If we're talking about loss of productivity for employers or older workers, ending up leaving their jobs and having to rely on perhaps welfare benefits or unemployment benefits, early retirement schemes, this all counts towards public finances and makes it more expensive um, to... To keep everything going, in fact. Keeping workers on the job is beneficial for them. They're employed, they have a job. But can you tell us a little bit more about how they contribute to the company? You've mentioned productivity and inclusiveness. Can you go a little deeper there? How do they improve productivity? How do they improve inclusiveness? Well, our previous report on promoting an age-inclusive workforce um, showed the clear benefits of keeping the skills and talents of older workers. What we found there was that companies that are able to use the skills of older workers and younger workers perform better and have higher productivity rates compared to firms that either perhaps might employ too many older workers or too few older workers. So the magic is in the mix here and can be beneficial in reducing some of the stereotypes that we experience at the workplace against different generations. Let's shift gears now and talk about age discrimination and the impact that it has on older workers. I know this is an area that AARP cares a great deal about. What does your research show, Lana? Age discrimination is definitely a concern for older workers and job seekers. People are living longer, people are working longer, and experienced workers bring expertise, they bring maturity, and they bring diverse perspectives. Yet, these negative stereotypes and outdated assumptions mean that older workers and job seekers are often treated unfairly. In what ways exactly? Can you give us some data and examples? In a global employer survey that we fielded back in 2020, we found that over half of global executives surveyed do not include age in a diversity and inclusion policy, meaning there's more work to be done to maximize diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. Let me give you an example of how age discrimination shows up in the workplace. We recently conducted a study in the U.S. and found that among those who have experienced some type of age discrimination, 22% of workers say they have been passed up for a promotion or a chance to get ahead because of their age. And over half say they were asked by an employer to provide their birth date, graduation date, or other age-related information during the application or interview process. And negative comments about age at work are also fairly common. Since turning 40, 24% of workers ages 40 and older have heard negative comments about their age from a colleague, and 19% say they've heard negative comments about their age from a supervisor. And a downside is that older workers rarely report age discrimination. We found that only 13% of workers ages 40 and older made a complaint to a supervisor, a human resources representative, another organization or government agency about age discrimination that they have seen or experienced in the workplace. That's disheartening, to say the least. So let's talk about solutions. 
Shruti, what can employers and governments do to make a multi-generational workforce a reality? So our report shows that employers, as well as governments and all, and all stakeholders, really must take action on three fronts. First of all, we really need to make sure that we give workers better working conditions and improve their job quality. So let me give you a couple of examples here. So for instance, Austria and Estonia um, are allowing older workers to combine their labor income with pension income, which really incentivizes older workers to stay longer in the labor market. The second area for action is to promote good health. We all know that good health is vital uh, for working longer. We need to be fit to be able to stay and do our jobs. Again, a lot of progress um, in terms of what governments are doing to make sure that we can improve the health of workers and ensuring that work or bad quality jobs are not detrimental to people's health and well-being. So here um, I have an example uh, from Japan where um, the government is providing financial support, especially to SMEs. As we know, SMEs don't have the right sort of uh, resources um, and perhaps the knowledge or, um, or might be constrained in terms of how to support their workers. So to help them specifically, they give them a subsidy of about 900 US dollars to offer their employees a required stress check. And third, workers must continuously um, upgrade or expand their skills over the life course. It's really important that we all recognize the skills and knowledge that older workers have acquired during their time with Pacific Employer. It's interesting this last point you're talking about. It makes me think, for example, of France's training accounts for workers, where people receive some money each year to take training, to invest in their skills. That's right. I mean, France, among a lot of other countries, have similar programs. I think one of the key issues we find is that um, sometimes some of these uh, programs can be very cumbersome. Employees don't have the right sort of skills to, to, to how to recognize these skills. It can take a lot of time for employers to, to um, sit down with their, with their employees and document all the skills they might have acquired. So we need to make sure that there's less red tape, that we give employers the right sort of training to make use of such programs. So training for workers and training for the employers, in fact. Absolutely. Um, I think we cannot take it for granted that employers know how to do these things, especially when, we come, when it comes to SMEs, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. So there's definitely a role for public policy to support employers in this regard, to make sure that employers also recognize the benefits of upskilling and reskilling um, across all ages. Lana, can you tell us more about what firms can do to help retain talent at all ages? Well, as you well know, the number of older workers is projected to grow significantly over the next decade, and understanding older workers' needs and concerns benefits both workers and employers. And it's important for companies to recognize the need to include age in their diversity, equity, and inclusion policies. This is an important step forward. And how is AARP supporting this? I understand you have a program to help employers address this issue? The Living, Learning, and Earning Longer Collaborative, or LLEL, is a thought leadership exchange organized by AARP in partnership with the World Economic Forum and the OECD. It began in 2019 with a series of roundtables in New York, Singapore, and Paris. And over time, it evolved into 
this virtual collaborative of employers, including companies like CVS Health, Hilton, AIG, Bank of America, and over a hundred other leading companies. And it brings together employers on a quarterly basis for open dialogue and learning to focus on pressing issues impacting employers. And topics include supporting a multi-generational workforce, retaining talent of all ages, and also sharing inclusive workforce practices, all in the context of a changing labor market. Well, I would imagine that education is indeed important for building this inclusive, multi-generational workplace we've been talking about. So I'd like to hear more about how AARP is working with firms on topics like investing in lifelong learning or upskilling older workers. Older workers are a really proactive group that's not just sitting on the sidelines. They want to make the most out of their careers. The top reason for accepting a new job is the opportunity to use their skills and talents. Older workers want to feel useful and they want to feel valued. With this in mind, AARP has an employer pledge program that recognizes the value of experienced workers Organizations in the U.S. who are committed to an age-diverse workforce can sign the pledge. And nationally, we've seen an increased interest from employers in hiring older workers. Over 2,500 companies have signed up to the AARP Employer Pledge since 2012. And from 2021 to 2022, the number of organizations that signed the pledge increased by 122%. Congratulations. This growth is a really good indicator that many companies are increasingly looking to hire older workers. Employers have an important role to support workers of all ages and through all life stages in accessing the necessary skills and supports that allows them to remain employable over their lifetime. So, Shruti, to turn back to you, could you tell us more about OECD findings in this area? What do we know about who gets training, how much training they get, how it's working? Kate, as I've mentioned earlier, that it's really important, absolutely crucial to um, invest in the skills and training of workers across the board to really make sure that um, they can make the most of the transition, um, the, the transition to the digital economy and the green transition. Um, unfortunately, what we find is that workers that need training the most, so in, for instance, older workers, people with low skills, women tend to have far less access to skills and training compared to their um, high skilled or younger counterparts. But the good news is that we're doing a lot of research and working closely with governments to make sure that older workers with low skills in particular are not getting left behind. So um, let me give you a couple of interesting examples here. So for a long time in Germany, for instance, the Public Employment Agency has been supporting um, um, the training of low-skilled older workers in SMEs. Now, these subsidies support SMEs towards their training costs and ensuring that um, older workers with low skills have the access and opportunities to make sure that they can flourish in the labor market. 
Similarly, a very interesting initiative from the Dutch Ministry of Economic Affairs, which provides full grants to successful SMEs, which provide um, training um, projects for their workers. The OECD has done work for many years on the aging workforce, on the multi-generational workplace, and on keeping people in work. I know you've recently brought out a new report, Shruti. Tell us a little bit about that. Retaining Talent is a report that brings um, together international cross-country comparative data on how much people are changing jobs in the labor market. So the report is, um, is, is a must read for employers who want to retain the talent and skills of workers all ages, especially older workers, as we will see population aging is, is affecting many employers and countries limiting their um, inflow of talent, but also it's relevant equally for governments that want to make sure that people don't leave the labor market prematurely, as we've seen in recent um, decades, recent years. Thank you both very much for joining me today. It's been an interesting discussion and I really appreciate your time. To our listeners, to read the report Retaining Talent at All Ages and to learn more about OECD work on jobs, go to oecd.org employment. And to learn more about AARP's global surveys for employees and employers and their Global Employee Learning Collaborative, go to aarpinternational.org. To listen to other OECD podcasts, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soundcloud.com slash OECD.